Hello! Welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison and I'm here to give you bite-sized reviews of films for those on the go. And also so you don't have to do any research during lockdown. I hope everyone is okay still. I'm currently dog-sitting. And also during that time, I have been watching films and I've got some reviews for you. So let's get cracking. So we're going to go with the structure of the good, the bad and the unknown because I rip off Hollywood to talk about Hollywood. You know how this podcast goes, folks. So let's move on to the good film this week. The man who lives in here gets arrested a lot. These are the rooms we're not supposed to go in. But let's go anyway. <laughs> Could you give us some change, please? The doctor said we have asthma and we gotta eat ice cream yeah. right away. Here you go. <laughs> So our good film this week is 2017's The Florida Project, which is directed by Sean Baker, who's done many indie films. And now knowing who directed it, I sort of very much understand the style of the film. It's basically a character study kind of thing. But The Florida Project is about a group of kids who are spending their summer break and they live in a rundown motel, which is managed by Willem Dafoe. Well, not actually Willem Dafoe. He plays a character called Bobby. And they live very nearby to Disney World. So whilst these people are living in next to poverty, they're trying to scavenge and try and con tourists and Disney World visitors to try and help them get by in this motel. I can always tell when adults are about to cry. Why is my mommy out? I'm just talking. they got to figure something out. I think what I really like about it is it's very aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) I know that sounds really weird to say, but the themes of it are melancholic. But yeah, it has this sort of almost childhood nostalgia because it's mostly portrayed through the through the eyes of Mooney, who's who's kind of the leader of the Rat Pack. And so a lot of the colours, because the motel is purple coloured, and so they bring out the purple a lot more. So it, it it was aesthetically a really beautiful film to watch performances in general all the acting performances were really good i especially did agree that willem dafoe did deserve that nomination for the academy award uh, but he's absolutely brilliant in it if you if you're gonna watch this film watch it for willem dafoe alone because he's just fantastic i think the only thing i found with it is that it probably could have shaved maybe like 15 to 20 minutes because it did seem to drag a little bit at points but i think actually in general it's a really well done very well scripted character study and it, it's also very pretty. So if people are interested in that, I highly recommend it. The story is really great. It's available on Netflix in the US and I use a VPN, so I was able to pretend I'm in America in order to watch it. So go check it out if you want. Now, we have to move on to our bad film this week. And this film is bad, but I'm still very conflicted about it. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear our Eurovision song? So, yes, my bad film this week is Eurovision. Not as in, you know, the annual contest Eurovision, but um, uh, Americans have done a sort of pastiche love letter of the Eurovision Song Contest via the story of Fire Saga. This stars Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams as 
these two friends from a very small town in Iceland. And Will Ferrell is kind of the mediocre person in the duo and Rachel McAdams, who's dubbed by someone else. They're kind of the really talented singer of the duo. And they managed to accidentally get into selection process of the Eurovision Song Contest. They're kind of being forced apart by other circumstances and then there's conflict and it's all that. Is Eurovision. You have to watch that guy. He is a sex player. Hey, looking good. Secret, very beautiful voice. Thank you. We are a duo that will never be separated. George Michael said something about other wham guy. (laughs) No one even knows his name. Andrew Ridgely. I'm gonna say the script is terrible. It's just, it's one of those things where everything felt very contrived. I mean, at one point they were referencing England's Got Talent and I'm like, uh, mate, did you do your research? It's Britain's Got Talent. It felt like a very much wholehearted passion project, but then they didn't do a lot of research into the logistics of Eurovision in order for it to work. I'm a huge Eurovision fan and this is why I felt so conflicted because you get all these cameos from Eurovision stars and you see that because the songs they write for this film are really good like they're really good Eurovision songs they they manage to get the style of writing and it mind you it's quite it's quite specific in in terms of the kind of genres that Eurovision kind of requires but they managed to get it so spot on that I was still having a good time but the script was so poor that whenever the songs finished, I was so angry <laughs> because I felt like the music and the cameos of all these Eurovision stars deserved a much better film. <laughs> if you're looking for a good time and you think Eurovision will be fun, absolutely go for it. It's whether you can stand Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell in a dodgy Icelandic accent for two hours but I will admit all the songs are now on my gym playlist. Now we're going to move on to the unknown. This is going to be the film. It can be either good or bad, but it deserves more hype. And my unknown this week is 1988's Cinema Paradiso. Presenting Cinema Paradiso, the Academy Award winner for Best Foreign Film. Every night, the streets were empty because inside, lovers held hands. Children laughed, and the routine of everyday life was forgotten. Because here at the Cinema Paradiso, someone is making their dreams come true. So yes, this film was written and directed by Giuseppe Tornatore, and it's about a young child growing up in a very small town in Italy, and he falls in love with films um, and initially starts him sneaking into the cinema to watch the local priests censoring all these films with kissing scenes. And it's basically him growing up and having Alfredo, who is the projectionist in the cinema. And it's kind of how he became uh, Toto, who's the kid in it. Um, He became a father figure. And it's about essentially Toto growing up to be the successful director that he is and a future. Cinema Paradiso, where a young man shared his magic with the town he loved. Cinema Paradiso, the Academy Award-winning picture for Best Foreign Film. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because recently the composer, Ennio Morricone, passed away. It is a really good score. I I can understand why this score is very much celebrated, 
You can tell a lot of heart went into this film and by the end of it, you are really feeling for Toto um, as he grows up and looking back as his nostalgia creeps in, but he realises his old town has completely changed uh, because it starts from Toto growing up in the sort of post-World War II era and then it goes into the mid-1980s. So you can see a really huge contrast in technology between the present day for Toto and when he was growing up. So it's really fascinating to watch that. I think if you don't mind subtitles, I really would recommend it. The only thing I felt was I felt the love interest was really unnecessary. Slash they didn't develop that dynamic enough. It felt like, oh, here's a hot babe. And then, oh, there she goes. So it wasn't really the best representation of women in this film, but I don't think that's the point. I mean, I've still got to point it out because, you know, this is me, I will talk about it, but the relationship is definitely not the central point of the film. It is about Alfredo and Toto. It's with Toto growing up through these really rapidly changing times and Alfredo sort of watching his kind of adopted son grow up. In general, it's really nice. You can rent it on Curzon Home Cinema and you can rent it on Amazon. I think it's really nice. It's really bittersweet and I would recommend it. So that's all of my reviews I have this week. I haven't been able to watch many other films that I can recommend just because life has been chaotic looking after my little dog. But if you want to hear more about the stuff I've been watching, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at carrymo 97 And you can also follow me on Letterboxd where you can see what I've been watching in current time. I'm on there as Carrie Mo. And also feel free to send in suggestions of things you would like me to cover. I definitely would love to kind of expand the quote unquote lore of this podcast. So, so feel free to ask what you would like me to talk about for this podcast. But in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Take care, stay safe.